Like we are still very early. I know a lot, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's true. I think that the NFT market cap right now is about 16 billion around there, which is tiny. You know, that that is absolutely minuscule. So it's like, how do we grow that outside of, you know, the 16 billion? How do we like get that to 160 billion? How do we get that to a trillion dollar market cap, right? So like, this is all part of, you know, the process and, you know, getting people curious, getting people interested in NFTs is the first step that we need to take. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors, so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. GM, GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast. I'm Matt Medved, and today's guest is Danny Maygard, also known as Seed Phrase, a leading collector and entrepreneur who is known for owning the rarest crypto punk, number 8348, the only seven-trait punk in existence. Danny is also a savvy investor with a habit of being ahead of the curve and early to projects like Bitcoin, crypto punks, art blocks, and wolf game, and he is currently pursuing a new chapter as a DJ, with a project based on his signature CryptoPunk. In this episode, we'll dive into his investment approach, why he thinks gaming will drive the next bull run, and the story behind his first music release, Angels. Before we dive in, want to encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter at nftnow.com newsletter. Each week, we distill all the action happening in the space into actionable insights direct to your inbox, free of charge. Without any further ado, Daddy Seed Phrase. Danny Seed Phrase on the NFT Now podcast. So happy to have you on, man. How you doing? Yeah, doing well, Matt. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. This has been a long time coming. And as anybody who knows us knows, we can we can also talk a lot. You know, we, we, we so this, this may end up being a long-winded podcast. So buckle, buckle up. But um, let's, let's jump into it. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, for those who don't know, tell us just a bit about your backstory, how you got into Web3. Yeah, look, so like, you know, my, my backstory started in cryptocurrency over 10 years now, you know, start of 2013, um, you know, I bought my first Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, fast forward to uh, 2018, you know, the whole bull market had happened, you know, crypto was flying, um, everyone was euphoric, and uh, I was just really looking for the next big thing. Um and I, I came across this project called Axie Infinity. Um, and at the time, yeah, I'd already heard of CryptoKitties. I'd heard of CryptoPunks. I just thought it was like another ICO scam. Um, so I, I didn't really pay too much attention. But I did have some like uh, particular like you know coins left over from the bull market that I wanted to get rid of. And it just so happened that the Axie Infinity team were like accepting this token for their land sale. Um, so like that's really like kind of like what got me really into the NFT space because I started to like really like dive into like, you know, what are these digital creatures? What do they represent? Um, you know, and how can they accrue value over time? Um, so, you know, from then onwards, um, you know, seeing the, you know, the, the benefits of, you know, like holding these like, you know, NFT tokens and being able to like make money from them, um, you know, outside of just like cryptocurrency, I thought was like such an incredible new novel idea, right? We hadn't really seen anything like this before. Um, so yeah, I, I basically became like, you know, a large Axie Infinity whale. Uh, from there, I discovered CryptoPunks again. You know, I actually deep dove a little bit more into them just to see like, 
you know, what's the what's all the hype about? Why are people talking about these like pixelated PFPs? Um, and yeah, I just I just fell in love with them. You know, I, I loved the idea of uh, you know having this like punk, you know, represented me online as a, a PFP profile picture, and you know what that actually even like represented. You know, coming obviously from uh, punk culture in Bitcoin, you know, there's there's a lot of like cyberpunk, uh, you know, terminology thrown around in those early days. I, I thought it was just so fitting, you know, for the beginning of uh, NFTs to, you know, have a, a similar narrative. Um, so yeah, like, you know, being someone who is an all or nothing sort of guy, you know, that's how I've always traded. Um, you know, I, I basically uh, also accumulated a, quite a large bag of CryptoPunks and um, you know, not only floors, but I was also researching what are the most rarest ones as well, right? So I was like deep in the Discord, asking as many questions as I could. And, um, you know, that's when I, you know, really got the feel for like, you know, this community that we have here today, you know, that's why I got to meet Snowfro and, you know, G came along a little bit later as well. And, you know, many other really important people like, you know, even like Nate Alex and Pranksy and, you know, uh, Jimmy, you know, that we all started in this, like, you know, this punk discord. Um, and then from there, it just sort of like, you know, exploded and, you know, the one of one art came and, you know, more PFP projects were dropped and I was hooked at that point. I love it, man. I love it. You know, one of the things that I, I've always respected about you is you've consistently been early to trends. Like you were early to Bitcoin, obviously early to CryptoPunks, Artblocks, even to Wolfgame and beyond. Like, I'd love to hear, like, what do you look for when you're when you're investing in a project? Like, are there certain like investment principles that you kind of uh, keep in mind as as you're kind of like seeing what's next? Yeah, look, like I'm really looking for strong fundamentals, you know, like I want to be able to see like what gives this project any value at all. Um, and also I want to like look at, you know, potential future value as well, right? So like, you know, what's going to make this valuable in the future? Why would someone want to buy this? You know, like someone who is maybe more of like a retail mainstream collector you know, what's going to get them interested in this project, right? So, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Bitcoin, obviously at the time, you know, there's that Supreme crisis going on, banks were being raided. Um, you know, Bitcoin made sense because, you know, you were able to be your own bank, um, you know, and, you know, that's what made me really fall in love with cryptocurrency. You know, you had full control over your money, um, you know, and then basically, you know, CryptoPunks, you know, the same thing, you know, they were the first 10K PFP project, one of the first on Ethereum. I just love their simplicity. For me, they've always just been art. Um, and, you know, for me, like they also like, you know, as I mentioned, you know, they they represented that like punk culture. Um, you know, we're, we're the people who go against the grain, which I thought was like really incredible and very impactful. Um, you know, and then, you know, more recently, you know, getting into you know, uh, generative art. Um, you know, I was very early on in, in autoglyphs, art blocks, as you mentioned as well. Um, you know, I, I, I loved the idea of on-chain generative art, right? You know, I've spoken to a lot of traditional art people over the last, you know, couple of years. And the one thing that resonates with them is generative art. They think if it's going to be digital art, it should be generated by computer code, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of beautiful you know, um, nature in code itself. Um, you know, and I, I love that that's been able to be expressed, you know, on chain, you know, for everyone to enjoy. And, you know, obviously you get the the benefits of it being an, you know, an NFT as well, you know, you get the provenance and, you know, everything else along with it. Um, so, you know, I, I love generative art as well. You know, that's definitely a, a big, 
uh, portion of my investment bag. Um, and then lastly, you know, GameFi, right? Like, you know, we, we went through the whole 2021 hype cycle. You know, we were all betting on penguins and lions and seals and the whole farm animal zoo. Um, but it just didn't make sense to me, right? Like, I, I couldn't invest in something that didn't make sense to me. I didn't really understand why you would just buy something purely just for the picture, especially when it's going to be costing tens of thousands of dollars maybe even sometimes hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars, right? Just for a profile picture. I think, you know, you could justify that with punks, but I couldn't justify that with these like newer projects. They didn't have the same historical factor as punks did. Um, so, you know, like for me, like, you know, I started to really start diving more deeper into GameFi. For me, I think GameFi really represents the, the next big turning point for us. You know, I think like if you are going to be represented by a profile picture, you know, it, it should mean something. It should mean something besides just being a, a rarity score, right? Like I, I want to see someone's profile picture and be like, damn, you know, that person's earning X amount of dollars in this particular game because it's powerful, it's rare, you know, it has like these like unique characteristics about it. Um, you know, that's what's most important for me now. And, you know, you know, why would you play a video game purely just for entertainment when you play a video game to earn, right? And, you know, that is the promise of, you know, GameFi and, you know, Web3 Gaming. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, the next big thing, you know, we will still have profile pictures, but they're just going to have utility attached to them as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really great point. Um, I think we've, we've, both, we've, we've both talked about how we both believe, I think, that gaming will, will drive the next uh, bull run or be a huge factor there. I'm curious, like, how do you think that will look in practice? Like, what are you seeing in the space that's inspiring you or, or that you think, you know, is kind of a glimpse into, into what that next wave will look like? I'm really interested in in-game economies. You know, I, I love to, like, you know, look at, like, how these, like, different cogs can work. You know, how there's, like, different sinks, how we have different loops, like, you know, economical loops within games. Um because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, obviously with the the current uh, financial climate right now, you know, it, it isn't great for like a lot of people right now. I think, you know, uh, Web3 Gaming, it, it's like a, a nice uh, place for people to sort of, you know, reside, you know, and to just check out. Because I think instead of, let's say, like, for example, you know, Axie Infinity in 2021, you know, it got incredibly popular because, you know, a lot of people in the Philippines, you know, instead of working there, day-to-day -day jobs only maybe earning 10 to $15 a day, maybe, you know, they could just pick up a mobile phone and they could just start earning yield, earning money with their axes, right? So I, I think the promise of that and like, you know, having a collective of people working together in these economies, you know, you've got some people collecting resources, you've got some people building, you've got some people renting these buildings out to other people who then need them for some other, you know, yield generating business. I think that's really powerful. And I think, you know, like this is just the start, you know, we have, you know, in the past, you know, we, we've explored and, you know, um, you know, all of these different, um, we've explored all of these like, you know, game economies in the past, you know, thinking of World of Warcraft and, you know, many other games, you know, we've explored these, um, you know, these game economies in the past, but they've never been on chain, right? So like, I think this is the first time, you know, where we actually do have that transparency uh, you know, where we can actually um, you know, be able to go onto these game worlds and be able to like generate these resources on chain and be able to make these transactions on chain and have that full transparency of the blockchain. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. 
Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, um, you know, CryptoPunks have been a big part of your journey uh, into the NFT space. You are best known by the seven trait CryptoPunk, um, you know, the rarest one in the lot. And, um, you know, that you've made that your digital identity. I'd love to hear the backstory there on your discovery of the seven trait, what it means to you and um, and and what your plans are for it going forward. Yeah, look, so like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm an all or nothing guy, right? So, you know, when I discover a project, you know, I'm, I'm either all in or I'm out. And, you know, when I discovered CryptoPunks, you know, I'd been watching them for months and, you know, the floor was like slowly rising, you know, across all the different attributes. And it just got to a point where, I just had to dive in, right? So, you know, I initially collected a few punks and I instantly became hooked, not only on the punks, but even on the community itself. I thought that the community, you know, they were such a such a high level group of people who understood the space. They understood where this technology was going. Um, and for me, like that was really important as well, because if there's other brilliant people, brilliant minded people can like, you know, see into the future the same way that I can, and they all believe in this one project, it just means I'm in the right room. Um, so basically, you know, when I first started getting to punks, you know, I, 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 we didn't have the, you know, the, the, uh, the attribute scores on the CryptoPunk website. So, you know, it didn't tell you how many zero traits there were or how many five traits or how many seven trait punks there was, right? So basically I went onto Discord, you know, I was inquisitive. I was asking a lot of questions. What did people consider to be the rarest punk? You know, and time and time again, I kept getting the same answers about this, you know, punk, you know, 8348. And I, I looked it up and it looked really cool. You know, I thought it was like aesthetically very pleasing considering I had seven traits. Everything worked, right? Like it didn't have spots or squiggly hair or anything like that. And it looks like a really cool punk. It was like a badass mafia boss, basically. Um, so, you know, not only was it the rarest, not only did it have, you know, seven traits it was pretty much the closest to a one of one punk but it also looked really badass um and that's what really made me want to get it so you know i, I reached out to um you know the, the owner he actually happened to be an old bitcoiner as well i knew him from the you know the bitcoin talk days way back in the day um you know and just like you know just my luck he was actually liquidating his entire bag you know of his crypto parks his autoglyphs um and um, he, he was basically almost, I guess, too early, right? Like, I think he'd been holding on to this for so long that he had stopped really believing in it. Um, so it was really like, you know, it was just a, a really good timing, to be honest. And, you know, I, I ended up buying many punks from him, including the seven trade. And at the time was a, a record sale. It was May 20th, 2020 for $18,000, right? Um, which in today's terms, you know, everyone's going to be like, that's insane. You know, you can't even get a floor punk for that price anymore. But at the time... You know, that was a record. You know, no one had ever done that before. No one had spent that amount of money. You know, a lot of people were like whispering, like, who is this guy? Who's this guy like snapping up all these crypto punks? You know, I, soon after that, I purchased a zero trait uh, female albino punk as well uh, for 100 ETH. And, you know, that also got everyone like thinking like, this guy's a maniac, right? Like no one's ever spent this much amount of money on a crypto punk before. Um, but I, I just, I just, I really just believed in the project. I really believed in like where this was going. I thought that, you know, basically punks are a great hedge, you know, on the Web3 space. You know, if Web3 does ever take off, if NFTs do take off, punks are going to be front and center. They're the things that are going to be driving this entire, you know, move. Um, you know, so I, I really just like stuck to my guns. And, you know, I also 
ended up buying my full set of autoglyphs from the same uh, seller as the seven trade punk as well. So he is a little bit salty because, you know, at the time I think I purchased the the full set of autoglyphs. I think it was for about $150,000, which again was like madness. Like a lot of people at the time were like, this guy's definitely lost his marbles. I think there was like, I remember Nate Alex saying to me, uh, you know, they had a private chat and like everyone's just talking shit about seed phrase basically. Like this guy's a fucking idiot basically. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, it, it, it turned out to be a good bet because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you know, again, like I, I'm a big fundamentalist. I am a, I'm big on historicals. And, you know, when you're looking at the first on-chain generative art, you know, you have to look at autoglyphs. You know, when you're looking at the first ever 10K PFP project that really started this whole cultural movement, you can't go past CryptoPunks, right? So I was happy to put my money, you know, where my mouth was really. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you got you got the last laugh there for sure. Um, I love I love that story. Um, let's talk about your collection. You know, I know that, um, you know, obviously we talked about the seven trait. You talk about the autoglyph, some of the punks you have. But what are some of the other like most prized pieces that you have in your collection? Yeah, look, like I've split my entire collection over multiple wallets. Um, you know, I have the wallet where the seven trade punk is in, um, you know, and that wallet for me is like the forever hole, you know, that is the going to the grave with me wallet. Um, you know, not to say that maybe I wouldn't sell some of the NFTs in that wallet in the future if the right price came, but for example, the seven trade, that's just a, a no go. I, I would never sell that now. Um, you know, and you know, within that wallet, you know, it contains not only the seven trade punk, my full set of autoglyphs. Um, which also includes the rare bear glyph, uh, which, you know, many people may not know. Um, but it also includes, you know, like a, a perfect spectrum squiggle, which I absolutely love. Um, you know, I, I love squiggles. I'm, I'm currently accumulating them right now, actually. Um, I, I think they have such incredible upside for, you know, for what they stand for as well. Obviously, you can never bet against Nofro as well. He's proven this time and time again. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of art blocks curated in there. Um, you know, we do have... Um, you know, for Denzes, um, you know, Emily Z, um, you know, we've got William Mappin in there, you know, we've got a lot of like big, like generative art artists that I've been following for, you know, some time now, um, you know, looking over to the, the one of ones, I've got, you know, X copy, I've got Hackatow, uh, I've got Cody, um, you know, I've got a lot of those, like, you know, the, the older school, like, you know, one of one artists, you know, who are back from like the 2018 days. Um, I, I've just always really like meshed with their sort of like outlook on, you know, this entire space and, you know, through their like artistic vision of like how they express themselves. I love that. Um, and also, also, you know, you can't go past an ex-copy, right? You know, ex-copy has forever cemented himself, you know, as a, an absolute living legend, um, you know, in the art world. Um, and then, you know, also I have, you know, a lot of like Damien Hurst, the currencies, you know, I've got physicals, I've got digitals. Um, I went really big on those. Um, you know, I, I've still got, you know, multiple other punks, mostly females now. I, I don't know what it is. I really like the female punks because they have a little bit more variation. You know, you've got the the redheads, you've got the blondes, um, you know, you've got some really cool female-only traits, which I really like. Um, and then, you know, looking elsewhere, you know, we've got like a lot of like GameFi in there as well. You know, we've got Creeps Overlord. You know, I'm, I think I am the largest holder of creeps i think so um so you know i'm really a big believer in like you know what those guys are doing i really do believe that they are 
trying to tackle a lot of you know problems at once with like across many verticals and across like gaming and you know IP and merchandise and everything. Um, I think yeah, that's going to be a really good one to watch. You know, also probably the largest uh, holder of Wolf Game assets as well. Um, and then like you know, there's so much other stuff in there as well. You know, like I, I can't really like you know name it all, but I think I've got about five thousand NFTs. So you know, there's a lot in there to unpack, but. You know, I do have like the, the grails, the blue chips, and then I've got more like the utility. And then, you know, I'm also got the gen art to sort of like, you know, sit back and enjoy on as well. For sure. For sure. And I loved hearing that. And, you know, um, like you mentioned, you know, currently accumulating squiggles. I'm curious, like, what are some other things that you're like really bullish on right now that you think like, ooh, like this, this is next or, or this, this has a lot of potential? Yeah. Like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely bullish on CryptoPunks and squiggles. Um, the only reason why I'm buying more squiggles over punks is just because I'm purely looking at like, you know, upside potential, um, you know, a 10 X from here for punks, you know, that's putting you around the, what is it? 500, 600 ETH mark for a floor punk, whereas a 10 X for squiggles would put you just at a hundred ETH. Right. Um, so I, I just like, you know, I, I like that the market cap is significantly lower than punks, but I actually think. From a fundamental perspective, I think, you know, squiggles are very much up there now with punks, right? Like they are ingrained in our culture. You know, we've got Snowfro there as well. I think they're beautiful to look at. You know, they're aesthetically very pleasing. You put one on your wall. You use it as a signature on your email address, for example. Um, you know, like I, I'm big, big on squiggles. Um, you know, I'm also looking at, uh, you know, obviously more, you know, game vibe, you know, anything like gaming related. So like, you know, looking big into like, you know, Wolf game. Um, I'm, I'm still researching Infinity Gods. You know, I think they've got something really cool going on there. Um, you know, and even just tokens as well. You know, like, you know, we've got a lot of like, uh, you know, Web3 gaming tokens as well. So, you know, we've got Ronin, um, you know, we've also got Prime as well. Um, you know, we've got God token. We've got Portal coming out soon as well. Um, you know, for me, I think, you know, going into this next bull market, I just want to have a really solid, uh, stack of just generative art in, in GameFi. Um, you know, I, I really think like those are the two that are going to be like, you know, probably benefiting the most for the next big run up. Um, and then, you know, I have my forever punks that I'll probably never sell as well. I love it. I love it. Um, well, look, uh, you also are a DJ. Uh, you recently made the foray into music and you released your first track, uh, Angels. Uh, and I'd love to, to dive into that a bit. Like, you know, uh, what inspired you to start DJing and making music? Yeah, look, like it happened in, I believe it was 2021. Um, you know, it was, you know, NFT NYC was coming up. Um, you know, I was really good friends, um, you know, and still am with Mike Perrow, um, who was, uh, you know, basically putting together the Proof of Party uh, event. And, um, you know, we we basically, you know, as you, you and I can relate about this as well, right? You know, we were on a call uh, with a particular agenda and then we just completely go off somewhere else with it as well. And 100%. that's what happened with Mike. <laughs> you know, that's what happened with Mike. So, you know, we were talking business, we were talking about something else. And then he basically just uh, swung it past me. Like, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm organizing uh, this Proof of Party event uh, would you be interested in bringing Seed Phrase to life for this event? Because um, we were already talking about like, you know, how Disney was making a documentary through Hulu, um, you know, and a few other little snippets as well. So basically I thought, why not? Like, you know, like, you know, right now, you know, at the time, you know, 
seed phrase was just confined to a screen, right? So what does that look like when we bring that into the real world? And I loved that concept, right? You know, I'm always exploring the coexistence of online identity and real world identity as well, right? So, you know, he basically, you know, got moving, you know, we found out, you know, where Marshmallow got his helmet made in California. We, we used the same people to make my own helmet. And, um, you know, it was just meant to be like this, like one time event, right? Like I was thinking, I'll just DJ this event. And, and then that's pretty much it. You know, I, I obviously had like a, a big passion for music and, you know, I was always like, you know, very interested in like DJing, but like, I never really saw, uh, myself, you know, going full, fully into this. Right. Um, and you know, like the, the night of the event, uh, was just, it was, I was speechless. You know, I, I was lost for words. It was the most surreal night, you know, I was like DJing alongside Steve Aoki, Blondish and Troy Boy, Don Diablo was there. A lot of people like turned up for the event. Uh, you know, Disney was there filming their Hulu documentary. Uh, New York Times was there. People were getting like selfies and, you know, interviewing me and things like that with like my helmets on. And I, I just, I loved the response, you know, like I really loved, um, you know, what this meant to people, what uh, emotions were invoked by seeing this guy wearing this, you know, this seven tray punk helmet. Um, and that's really was like the, the light bulb moment, right? Like that's when I really started to realize, okay, I've got something here. You know, I, I love doing this. People love it. Let's explore this, right? And, you know, that's really like when everything started to kick off for me. And, you know, that's, you know, when like, I really like started to dive into the whole realm of like, you know, music, entertainment, culture, fashion, art, like everything. And like, I started to be connected with the right people. I start, suddenly had like, a team around me, you know, management, I, an agent. And then really from there, you know, I, I just, I just, you know, I went with it, you know, like, I, I just, I, I, I thought like there was too much upside compared to the downside, um, you know, like obviously coming from a, a trading background, you know, it's just myself and my computer for 10 years trading cryptocurrency, you know, this was, this was like such a, a big next step for me. Um, but it was like a, an incredible challenge as well. You know, like it was something that I was like really um, embracing as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I, you know, made that decision to do this. I love that. I love that. Great memories of that first proof of party. Was that the first Seedved appearance or, or was it the next one at, uh, at, at, in Austin? That, that was the first time that we saw Seedbed, yes. I love and it. That, that's the thing. Like, that was such a memorable week as well, because like you not only did Seedbed's debut, but we also saw the debut of Seedbed, right? So, you I know, love it. Um, you know, it, that it was, was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was incredible. You know, like we, we all got like a good crew together and like we just like took over this bar and then we just saw Seedbed on the decks. So it was incredible. Seedbed came to life. And, you know, as, as you know, you know, coming from the dance music world, you know, prior to NFT Now, founding Billboard Dance, running Spin, obviously DJing myself, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, the that world, the dance electronic world embracing and colliding with the crypto NFT space in such a big way. Like so many, it was funny when I made the plunge into NFTs and Web3, some people are like, oh, do you miss dance music? I'm like, all my friends are here. Like all of the <laughs> DJs are here, you know? So it's really special to see it. Yeah, and like, you know, I think there's like a lot of like, you know, overlap, right? There's a lot of like similarities between dance music and, you know, what, what we're seeing at Web3, right? You know, like it's like this like emerging sort of like culture. And, you know, we've got a lot of people who are very deeply interested in tech, you know, they're not afraid to take risks. And, you know, you just let, you know, your music, you know, do the talking, right? And like, I think like that's the most important thing here as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, obviously dance music has such a close place in my heart. 
And then also, you know, this this movement with with NFTs and Web3. Um, so you uniting them with the crypto punk and dance music is obviously, you know, aside from our friendship is something I could always get behind. Um, so tell us, tell us a, little, a, a little bit about that. Like, you know, you're on the front lines, like representing crypto punks, representing this culture. Like, how do you sort of want, how do you sort of like hope to advance that through your music? Yeah, you know, like, and, you know, since the beginning of time, you know, music has brought people together, right? And like, you know, I think like that is the, the most important message here is that, you know, like I obviously am well known within the Web3 community, within the Web3, you know, uh, space. Um, but it's like, how do we get more mainstream people into our world, right? You know, a lot of people don't really understand what a crypto punk is. They don't even understand what an NFT is. Um, you know, so like really the, the goal here is to like, you know, build that bridge. You know, like I, I want to bridge Web3 to mainstream. And the way that I'm doing that is through my music. Um, you know, I, I think that that's part of the, the broader strategy, right? Like I, I want, I want to be playing. I want people to question who is this guy with the helmet on, right? Like I want that guy to be like, who is this idiot? Right. And I want the friend to be like, well, actually, you know, that's the seven tray punk, right? Like, and then like them explain to them the significance behind that punk and then explain to them about NFTs and then like them and having that light bulb moment and then them going away and then, you know, doing their own research and potentially, you know, being onboarded as well. I think that's really important for, you know, what we are doing here. And that is, you know, what I'm trying to do with my music, right? So, like, I'm really trying to get, like, that mainstream appeal. And I'm really trying to, like, branch out, you know. And it's obviously not an easy task, you know, being, you know, obviously very new to this music world. But, you know, I think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be the, the seven trade crypto pop. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting because it reminds me, you know, one of the uh, artists I worked really closely with uh, during during the rise at Billboard Dance was Marshmallow. I was very like very early with him and, and his manager, Mo Shalizi. And one of the things that Mo used to do, and it, it just kind of clicked for me and kind of this connection was Mo, when 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 uh, Mello would play Vegas, Mo would always have him walk through the casino in the full like in the mel in the marshmallow helmet, like everything, you know, to the club, you know, people are gawking, people are taking pictures, people are like, what is this? What is this? And it created that curiosity that then people could look up later, like, what is this marshmallow guy? And then go on the discovery, discover the music, all that. And I feel like there's a kind of a parallel in that approach with with, with how you're thinking about seed phrase. Exactly right. You know, that is exactly, you know, what we're looking to do with seed phrase as well. You know, I want to invoke those conversations. I want people to question who seed phrase is, you know, what does he represent? And, you know, then like look inside the broader, you know, uh, NFT community as well, right? Like, you know, look into this beautiful industry that, you know, we know and love very well. But, you know, like we have to also admit that, it, you know, it isn't the biggest community yet either, right? Like we are still very early. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's true. I think that the NFT market uh, cap right now is about 16 billion around there. Uh, which is tiny, you know, that, that is absolutely minuscule. So it's like, how do we grow that outside of, you know, the 16 billion? How do we like get that to 160 billion? How do we get that to a trillion dollar market cap, right? So like, this is all part of, you know, the process and, you know, getting people curious, getting people interested in NFTs is the first step that we need to take, um, you know, and like, you know, I've also, you know, thought of, you know, uh, you know, doing something similar as well with seed phrase. You know, I, I do like it a lot of like, you know, interesting events myself, you know, I, I do go to um, you know, last year, was it last year? I went to like the, the Time Person of the Year Awards. You know, I went to Cannes Film Festival. And I, it always crosses my mind, you know, like when's that moment when I just bring out the helmet and get these people wondering like on the red carpet, 
who is this guy? Like, why is he wearing this like, you know, ginormous helmet? Um, you know, so like I, I want to, you know, really like start bringing these two you know, worlds together. Absolutely. You know, curiosity is a really powerful force. And, you know, so you just released um, your first single, Angels. Um, tell us a little bit about that and um, like the process behind it and, um, and uh, you know, the reception and, and uh, what you have planned. Yeah, look, so like basically, you know, it was really like an ode to L.A., um, you know, I think, you know, like when this entire space was exploding, you know, there was euphoria everywhere. Um, you know, we were all getting to like know each other in person finally after the pandemic as well. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of hype. I spent a lot of time in LA, you know, I think I spent almost two months in LA and, you know, that's really like, you know, when my like team came together, you know, that's where I met my manager. That's where, you know, I met my first agent. Um, you know, that's where I met some like really important people who played a very like crucial role you know, in my success, you know, as seed phrase. Um, and I basically, you know, I wanted to basically like tell this story, right? Like you know, people who don't really necessarily know who seed phrase is, you know, I wanted to like tell that through my music, but also through like the audio visuals as well. Um, you know, so, you know, I wanted to, you know, start it, you know, as like a 5am, you know, easy setting, the sun is rising over LA, city of angels, um, you know, and that's the, the first, you know, point of my day, right? You know, it's just sunrise, it's the morning. But then like, you know, the consecutive tracks, you know, it's going to be uh, five tracks in total and they're all going to basically like have a particular theme, right? So, you know, we're going to be touching on all the different verticals that, you know, Seed Brace is interested in. So, you know, we're going to be looking at fashion, we're going to be looking at art, um, you know, we're going to be looking at music again. Um, you know, the, the final track will be a bit more like psychedelic, sort of like, you know, audio visuals, seed phrase will be DJing on the moon, um, you know, all the, all of our, you know, friends and, you know, you know, close people in the, the web three community are going to be there as well on the moon, enjoying this like party as well. Um, you know, I, I really want to like tell this story, basically. I, I really want to like tell the story, not only for, uh, you know, web three, but I want to be able to like tell the story for people who don't necessarily know seed phrase as well, you know, like give some backstory about who does this CryptoPunk actually represent, right? Like, what is he actually doing within uh, this industry? Um, so, you know, that's really, like, first and foremost. And, you know, I, I think it's just all about, like, you know, educating the audience as well. And, you know, also just, like, building, like, this legacy as well. You know, building a legacy around, you know, the, the CryptoPunk, the project, um, and, you know, for something to, that like, you know, maybe outlives me even, you know, like, with the event of AI and, you know, AR and, you know, VR and, and everything else, you know, I, I would love to one day see, you know, the, the crypto punk, you know, take a life of its own, you know, outside of just like the, the physical, but also being able to experience that with like, you know, the Apple goggles or something as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's super interesting to hear that because I know for, for Angels, you had the, the, the artwork for the single uh, was the, the CryptoPunk, like straight up, right? Um, nice. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, to hear about that and then, like, how you're thinking about, like, the evolution as you go forward. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, right now, like, it, it's really about just, like, getting that saturation, right? You know, I really want to get that punk out there. I want people to see it in its, like, most purest form. Like, that's what it looks like on the CryptoPunk website. I think that's most important. I, I didn't want to really stray too far from that for at least like the initial single um, because I really want people to like just see the punk itself and you know get it out there again like you know the, the people uh, that are listening to this track you know a lot of them will be you know mainstream audiences who don't necessarily even like understand that punk right you know, I just made a post on Instagram uh, the other day about like you know I was getting like, a lot of questions you know a lot of people were like 
what's up with the cover art? Like, you know, what, what is that? Like, who, who is this like top hat, cigarette, uh, pixelated man? Um, you know, and then having to explain it over and over again, you know, who this is. And I, I love that, you know, that's the whole point of this, right? Like I, I want people to be asking these questions because I want it to be like educational at the same time. Um, so that was really like the thought process behind like, you know, why we use the CryptoPunk itself. Um, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, we may continue to use that as like the cover art for these five tracks at least. Um, because, you know, I, I really want to see like these five tracks as like a, it's almost sort of like a series, you know, under the one like season. Um, and I really want people to be able to just basically like start from start and to end. And then basically like afterward having to like go a full grasp of exactly who Seed Phrase is, who is this man behind the helmet and what does he represent? I love that. I love that. And I, I think also like, you know, thinking about the live performance element and bringing like the URL to IRL, it's a really powerful thing, you know, like just, just like we were talking about before, our first conversation took place uh, during COVID, right? And it was like, you know, we were, it was like a two hour phone call, like pacing all over the place, just like amazing energy. We didn't get to actually meet in person until like that, and that first at that NFT NYC in, in 2021, I think November. Um, and it's like, we saw just how powerful like live music and also like, you know, uh, live events can be in really bringing people together and 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 like kind of giving a life to a community so i'm curious how you're thinking about that in like the context of your project as well it it, it really uh, wasn't really real until that nft nyc like until we all met in person like i was just thinking like my partner at the time was thinking you know you've just got all these like internet friends you know you're always on the, the phone you're always on a zoom call but like with who like who are these people um, you know, and like, you know, I, I still remember, you know, our first conversation as well, you know, still living in Australia at the time. And, um, you know, like that energy, the passion from like all of these, like, you know, yourself and, you know, many others included, you know, what we had for this space was, it was so special and, you know, something that's very like, you know, memorable as well. Like, you know, I'll always remember those times. Um, but, you know, like, you know, obviously, you know, when I first, uh, you know, launched Seed Phrase during that proof of party event, um, you know, bringing people together finally, you know, after all these like, you know, COVID restrictions have finally lifted and, you know, like seeing this like room full of people, like their faces lighting up, you know, like being able to experience this like in real life, there was, there was something to that, you know, like, still to this day, I get goosebumps, you know, because like it was such a special moment for me. And I, I think it's something like very powerful, you know, being able to like bring people together, right. And, you know, and through music too, you know, it's through like this like storytelling, you know, bringing people together and basically allowing people to experience this together as a shared collective. You know, I think that's really impactful and really powerful. And, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's something for like people to be able to just like, you know, experience that, you know, in person, right. You know, and be able to like feel that, you know, all of your sensories are like, you know, going off. And like, I think that that's the most powerful thing here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like those connections forged are especially important now that we're in, you know, a bear market that we're in, you know, we're past the euphoria, we're past that first wave. And it's like, you know, it's the real ones who are still here building, it's the real ones who are still showing up and like, you know, kind of advancing this culture. And obviously, like, I'm curious to hear your perspective, because, you know, you've obviously been in crypto for, for quite some time, and you've, you've weathered a, quite a number of, of, of bull and bear cycles. Um, like, you know, what are your thoughts on like the current bear market and, um, you know, where, where, where we are in the cycle and, and what's to come and what, and, and like when we might see things start to, 
uh, pick up in in the other direction. Yeah, and you know, like I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, kudos for you know still showing up. You know, like we're still all here. We're still all building. You know, I think like that's a testament in itself. You know how authentic and strong you know those relationships uh you know were when like, you know, when they were formed. And you know to this day, you know they haven't been stronger. And you know we're still here. We're still showing up um, because you know we're such big believers in this space. Uh, you know, and like I I really do hold the view that you know these markets are cyclical you know like we've been there time and time again even long before crypto you know we saw that in the property market we've seen that in the stock market um you know for decades for centuries um but like you know even like with bitcoin you know like i've been through um you know multiple bull markets and bear markets now many market cycles um it's the same thing you know like we have you know these periods of euphoria you know everyone thinks that um, you know, it's different this time and that like, you know, it's, it's going to be forever going up and, you know, then these people end up getting hurt when the blow off top happens and, you know, the markets start crashing back down again. And then, you know, you, you see that the depression stage as well, right? Like when everyone's giving up, they're selling everything for a loss, they've given up on the technology, they've given up on the vision. Um, they just want to get out, you know, they're, they're hurting at this point, they're bleeding. And I think, you know, something that like, you know, Warren Buffett has always said, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. And I've always lived by that, right? So, you know, when when grandma's calling you, you know, what is this like crypto punk thing that you're buying? That's usually a good sell signal, right? You know, that's usually the top. That's when you should be fearful because too many people are greedy. And, you know, when, you know, when all of your close friends and, you know, people online are, you know, unfollowing you on Twitter and people are dumping all of their projects for, massive losses um you know that's usually bloody you know that's usually when you should be grabbing the mop and you should be like mopping that blood up because historically time and time again that is actually proven to be the best strategy right that you know it's it's not really that hard to um you know to play this you know as long as you are a firm believer in this tech which we both are you know that this will recover at some point usually it is within a four-year period so you know every bitcoin halving usually you know, starts the next bull market, um, then, you know, as long as you run by those principles and you, you know, trade accordingly, it's very, very difficult to get like caught up in the emotions. You know, I think like that is um, the issue with like a lot of traders and collectors is that they get too emotional. You know, you need to detach, you know, you need to just zoom out, look at where we are in the market cycle. Bull markets generally only last 12 to 18 months, right? So, you know, like if you can just like look at it like from like a, a timeline perspective, you know, like then basically you look at like, okay, year and a half for a bull market, about two and a half years for a bear market, right? So that's all I really look at, um, you know, and, and that, that's what I've been successfully doing now for over a decade, you know, I've just been trading those market cycles. And, you know, right now, you know, I, I do believe like we are a lot closer to the bottom than to the top, obviously, right? You know, most of these projects are now down 95 plus percent, which is massive, right? Like how much more can they go down? And, you know, as I mentioned, if you are a fundamentalist, if you are rooted in fundamentals, whether that is historical, whether that is utility, whether that is some sort of yield generating NFT, whether that is, you know, generative art, you know, created by an uh, exceptional uh, artist, you know, like something has to be there. Something has to like ground that and fundament fundamentals, um, you know, to be able to like actually see something from that in the next bull market, right? Like I'm not 
going out there right now buying the lions and the seals and you know all of these other you know nft projects that are down 99 percent. like i i am almost certain that they won't ever recover right but i'm talking about the crypto punks i'm talking about the squiggles i'm talking about you know the wolf game i'm talking about the you know art blocks curated the autoglyphs um you know the one-of-one one art you know that is the stuff that's always going to hold value and, you know, if you can basically, um, you know, write down on a little piece of paper, you know, the reasons for why you are going to buy this piece. And if you can convince yourself, you know, dot points, you know, why this is a good investment. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Never trade on emotions. Always be, you know, forward thinking. Why would someone want to buy this from you in the next bull market? I think that's super smart. Really, really good uh, words of wisdom there. Um, obviously, like we are both big believers in this tech, right? And we want to see this go mainstream. That's one of the reasons why, like, I think we, I think that's why one of the reasons why we're such good friends is because like NFT now has always been about taking this from niche to mainstream. Your project with Seed Phrase is really about putting this in front of new people and, and, and helping people go on that journey of discovery. I'm curious to you, like, what does mainstream adoption look like for crypto, for Web3? You know, as we think about um, onboarding, um, you know, the next hundred million, the next billion people to this technology. Um, onboarding needs to become a lot more simplistic, right? You know, like I, I think, you know, you and I and everyone else listening to this podcast would agree with that. You know, right now it's it's very, it's very still archaic. You know, it's very difficult just for um, mom and pop and you know, uncles and aunties and whoever to just like jump on and buy an NFT, right? I think, you know, we need to make that onboarding process a lot more simple. It needs to be almost behind the scenes, right? Like it always needs to be like, you know, magic, you know, that needs to be happening to the point where it's like as simple as just like filling out, you know, a profile with like credit card information and then that's pretty much it. Um, you know, so I think we have like a, a lot of like, you know, way to go there still you know i think it's still very difficult um you know for people to buy nfts i've heard this time and time again like i really want to buy a squiggle but how do i do that how do i get ethereum you know how do i download a metamask you know what is this what is this passphrase that i'm meant to be saving right like not no one really like understands it they don't understand basic security that's another major issue as well like even if they can figure all of that out they usually just save you know the string of words you know on a on a notepad or something like that, which ends up getting you know stolen from a scammer, and then all of the NFTs get whooshed anyway. Um, you know we saw that time and time again, like with the board apes. Um, you know, so like we need to become more security conscious. We need better on ramps to get people into uh, Web three. Um, you know, I, I think you know we need to work on branding as well. You know, I you know time and time again as well. You know, a lot of people have said like NFTs not the nicest word right now, just purely because the market is so down. Um, and obviously, you know, getting rid of the whole wag me and, you know, that sort of culture as well. Like, let's be realistic here. Like, it's not always going to go up forever. You know, we do have these market cycles. Um, and, you know, I, I think it just needs to, I, I think it just needs to mature. You know, like, I think, you know, like, you know, we can't be too hard on ourselves as, as well. You know, like, despite saying all of that, like, I think at the end of the day, you know, these NFTs, they've only been around since 2017. Um, they only really started to gain any sort of traction in, in 2020. Um, you know, that's been three years. Like, that is nothing, you know. Like, even 
um, you know, Bitcoin has only been around since 2009. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, we do need to not be so harsh on ourselves. You know, I think, you know, every market cycle from here forth will have better tech, better onboarding, um, you know, and more people having better wallet security as well. Um, you know, I, I just think that's just inevitable. You know, I think that's just part of like the growing pains of the space. Um, you know, and I, I do think like, you know, I'm hoping at least, you know, within the next 12 to 18 months, things do turn around. And by that time, you know, we will have a lot of better tech this time as well. Maybe there will be a lot less people being scanned from fake Twitter links and, you know, things like that as well. Like that's my hope at least anyway. Yeah, I'd love to, to dive into that too a little more. Like, like, what do you hope to see differently in the next cycle? Like, what do you think hope hope goes differently? Like, what do you what do you what what would you like to see happen? Um, and and what will like progress look like? Yeah, look, like I think you know, I think the big thing that frustrated me um, from the last cycle was that people were just throwing money at anything. You know, like people could basically put together a low effort 10k project and make millions of dollars. Um, you know, I think that was a really hard lesson for like a lot of people to learn you know, that it was all just like caught up in like hype and euphoria. I would really hope that next cycle, it is a little bit more like grounded in like fundamentals. Um, you know, like people are buying things purely because like, you know, it actually makes sense to buy this, you know, like there is some form of, as I mentioned, utility, historical, maybe it's just the art, you know, maybe they just love the art. Maybe it's like the aesthetics, but like, again, you're only buying something for the art not for the quick flip anyway. You know, a lot of these like people were buying these 10K lions and seals because they wanted a quick flip. They just wanted to make money from it. Whereas like, you know, sometimes the utility is just in the art and maybe that's a forever hold. You know, I've bought a lot of digital art in the past that is something that I'm just going to like put on my wall. Like I'm not planning to resell that. There is no need for me to make a profit from this, right? So I think it's just like a little bit like more like a, a mindset change where, you know, we are starting to, you know, take this a little bit more seriously, you know, starting to actually buy into things that do make a bit more sense rather than just being speculative, um, you know, buy stuff for the art, not the speculation, right? Um, and of course, that's always going to be uh, a byproduct of hype and euphoria, which we will see in the next bull market. But again, like, you know, as I mentioned, you know, if you have your point system in place, if you're only buying things that have great fundamentals that are rooted in something that makes sense to at least yourself, then that's a great place to start. So, you know, I'm really hoping that the, the next version of, you know, projects uh, will just not be just plain PFP projects, but they'll be, you know, game by wrapped somehow, right? You know, it will be, you know, you've got a PFP, but, you know, that somehow yields you something within some in-game world economy or, you know, that gives you some sort of like special boost in battle or, or something like that. You know, I, I think like that will be the next big step for like PFPs, um, you know, and I, I think like that for me is like probably what I'm most bullish for. Like I, I really do believe in, in Web3 gaming. It's, it's so underhyped right now. And that's actually a good thing because that just means that I'm extremely early. I'm not early. I'm extremely early. And that's where I want to be. You know, like time and time again, I've always identified What's something that like people aren't yet paying attention to? I would I would classify that as Web three gaming right now. Sure, there's you know tens of hundreds of thousands of players already, but that's nothing when you compare you know Web two AAA titles with you know billions of players, right? You know we've still got a long way to go before we even get anywhere near that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, I think that takes us to our rapid fire segment: bullish or bearish. <laughs> 
bullish or bearish AI art? Bullish. You feel free to to give an explanation as well. <laughs> <laughs> you can mic drop it if you want, but you know we love to hear the we love to hear the rationale. <laughs> no, you know I've I've made no secret that I, you know I'm also um, you know investing in AI art as well. Um, I you know especially really like Deep Black. Um, you know that is something that I have been invested in now for over a year. You know some of the earliest AI art. I think AI art is now getting to the point where it's becoming too realistic and too pretty. I loved that early AI art that still had like a little bit of character. You could see sort of like how the AI was like even thinking. Um, I, I really like that. And I think, you know, Deep Black being one of the first AI art collections on chain uh, where the AI actually generated the art on chain. I think that's really powerful. Um, you know, and I think that that is also, you know, something that someone's, you know, people are sleeping on as well. Boom. Love that. I love that. And also Robbie's. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, bullish or bearish? Blur. I'm, this is controversial. I'll say bullish. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree that Blur killed the NFT market. I think the market cycle simply just killed the NFT market. I think it was just going to dump regardless of blur farming and you know and the credits and everything um i i i've taken the position that competition is good they are just servicing a need within the space right like you know as i mentioned there's a lot of speculators in this space that just treat nfts as crypto coins basically rather right? they don't even really care what the image achievement looks like they don't care about the art they just purely care about the floor price and like that's good for them you know if there's a if there's a an industry for that, if there's demand for that, why not service it? And I, I think you know, at the end of the day, if you're you know bringing more volume, more liquidity to these markets, I don't see that necessarily being a bad thing as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think again, like I think you know, competition is good. You know, like I I love OpenSea. I'm I'm very close to the people there as well. Um, you know, but I think also it's not good to have like. A monopoly you know within the nft market space as well right like i think it's good that we have looks rare we have blur you know we have OpenSea pro which is fantastic by the way i use that all the time um so yeah i'm i'm bullish on blur and i think it's going to do quite well in the next bull market there it is bullish or bearish yuga labs oh um I'm neutral, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I'm I'm bullish on some of the projects in Yuga Labs. I'm just bearish in the other projects in Yuga Labs, if that makes sense. Um, so you know, obviously now that Yuga Labs owns CryptoPunks, obviously I'm incredibly bullish on CryptoPunks. You know, I think they're going to be an incredible long-term bet. They have you know solidified themselves as a blue chip forever historic yada yada. Um, apes, I think you know culturally, I think. They are relevant, maybe a little less relevant as what they once were. Um, again, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure whether I would buy one right now. I, I don't really have an opinion on them. Um, but I also think, you know, Yuga Labs, have, they've, they've just grown so quickly as well. You know, like we've got other side, we've got all these other like, you know, collections now. It's going to be very difficult for them to sort of like, you know, uh, spread value through all those pipelines as well, right? Like it's going to be very hard for them to bring all of this up with them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm neutral. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously punks I love and I, I think they're going to do really well. I think me bits will do very well. 
but some other collections like the dogs i don't know where they're really going to go got it no no i think uh, good good insights there um last one last one bullish or bearish on pixel vault acquisition of wolf game <laughs> um well obviously very bullish um you know i i was definitely uh you know in the trenches early on with that one um you know that's been floated around now for many many months um so you know and i think you know i spoke to sean a lot at reboot about it and you know i spoke to a lot of other people who were you know key players you know getting that deal done including the shepherd and um i i think you know like from from what I gathered, it's a it's an incredibly a bullish thing because I think Wolf Game on its own, um, you know, wasn't really in a, a great place. You know, obviously they've been delivering nonstop for the last year, which is fantastic. That's what I love to see. I love seeing you know these roadmaps uh, being fulfilled. Um, but the team was just simply too small. It was the the windows between um, you know each update was too long. Um, and that was getting reflected, you know, in the in the market as well. Um, I just think like with the added resources of Pixel Vault, you know, like we have a much larger de development team. They've got a much, much larger budget. Um, you know, they also just have like a, a really good, you know, group of like visionaries and council and people on board who really want to see Wolf Game really fulfill, um, you know, all those like, you know, those expectations that we all have for it because... Still to this day, I think Wolf Game is one of the best game fight games there is. Um, you know, there's not many games right now we can just like plug in, play, and earn. Um, you know, and you know, I've, since I've been basically involved in Wolf Game, you know, I have been earning since day one, basically, which I think is really powerful. You know, a lot, not, not a lot of other games can claim that right now. Um, so I think like the fact that they've delivered um, and just the the tantalizing thought of like where Wolf Game can actually go, right? Like it has nowhere near reached its full potential just yet. Um, and there's still a lot to be done with the economy. There's still a lot to be done, you know, with the Wolves themselves and peak games. And, you know, hopefully all of those updates roll out in the next six months. So I'm incredibly bullish on Wolf Game and I'm incredibly bullish on the acquisition by Pixel Vault. There it is. Um, no, love your love. Always love hearing your perspective on everything from the markets to projects and beyond. Danny, before we wrap, uh, anything else uh, that you have coming up? What's next for Seed Phrase? Anything that, that people should keep an eye on or an eye out for? Yeah, just like, you know, expect more music. You know, Angels was just the first. You know, there's much more music to come. Um, you know, really getting fired up with like new music. DJing more. Hope to see you all there as well. You know, wherever I am, DJing up, Basel. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of like really cool activations in the next year as well that I'll be involved in. Um, you know, we're working on a few different like projects, especially in the art space. Uh, I don't think I can really talk about them just yet, but they'll be unveiled uh, during Art Basel Miami as well. Um, that's going to be really, really beautiful, really spectacular. Um, and then also, you know, there's some merchandise coming. We're going to get more into fashion as well. Um, you know, really just like bringing all of those like verticals together. So really excited for the future and can't wait for the next uh, next market cycle, the next bull run. Hopefully, there it is. Oh, well, I heard I heard a rumor that there may be some seed bed B two B sets on the horizon as well. So, there it you is. Know. The, those rumors are definitely true. Yeah, like you know, we, we've obviously spoken about this a lot, and you know, I know that we love to we love to get together and have fun, and you know, I think that's the, the greatest thing about seed bed. You know, it's just a get together, 
pure, fun, fantastic. You know, it's always a good time, good energy. And yeah, let's make it happen. Uh, Basel, Miami. Let's make it happen. There it is. There it is. We're bringing the gateway. They're bringing the gateway back. Actually, this is probably, you heard it here first. <laughs> I probably wasn't supposed to say it, but there it is. The alpha. And Danny, Danny always gets the alpha out of me. I always get the, the alpha. alpha. <laughs> I always love it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Great episode. As always, I love speaking with Danny. We can honestly go on for hours. Look, in today's episode, I really appreciate his candor when it came to talking through his principles as a collector and investor. You know, he really shared a lot of alpha, a lot of insights and things that could be really valuable. People were looking to navigate and succeed in the space. Love the backstory of the seven trade punk and how he's thinking about using that IP and that brand uh, to continue to build seed phrase and also how he's looking to bring more mainstream attention to the space through his music. Wishing Danny all the best of luck and excited to catch up with him again soon. Now, all good things must come to an end, and this is actually the last episode of season two of the NFT Now podcast. Uh, it's been an amazing ride this year with everyone from Frank D. Gods to Luca Nets, Julie Pacino, Beeple, Sam Spratt, and of course, our first tokenized podcast with Krista Kim. But fear not, starting next week, we are going to be rolling out some incredible panels and fireside chats recorded live from Gateway Korea with amazing artists, builders, movers, and shakers in the space. Stay tuned, and we can't wait to welcome you back on the NFT Now podcast. <laughs>